I have quite a few questions, sorry. Um, so just so I'm clear, phase one, we'll start with phase one. Um, it looks like the 15 would cease to exist. Can you verify whether or not that's just a numbering convention and if the capacity will still remain? So let's count capacity going up the hill here. So what you have right now on uh, going between downtown and the university is three half-hourly routes plus two hourly routes. So that's two, four, six, eight buses an hour. What you have here is two 15-minute routes, a 30-minute route, and a 60-minute route. So that's eight, nine, 10, 11. Uh, that's eight, nine, 10, 11 buses an hour. So the total quantity of service going up the hill is going up from eight buses an hour to 11 buses an hour, which is why you won't miss the 15. Notice, for example, that the three, which is about, has about the same travel time going up the hill as the 15 does now, uh, is up being upgraded from hour late every 30 minutes. So I don't think anyone will miss the 15. Got it. Okay. And then the 18 and the 19 are now every 15 minutes, correct? That's right. Okay. Always coming soon. All right. Um, I don't mean to skip ahead to phase two, but I'm just trying to make sure I understand what phase one is versus what phase two is. Uh, is phase two, is there a requisite for access to the West Remote Parking Lot at UCSC's residential campus for phase one to be feasible? Well, if you look here at what Route 3 is being drawn as doing, yep. we are, we would, I would prefer that if Route 3 is going to run continuously all the way across the city, it'll run more reliably if it can get a break on the campus. If it can't get a break on the campus and it has to end in a one-way loop of the campus, then the bus has to go all the way from Capitol Mall to the campus and back to Capitol Mall without a break, and that's going to make it less reliable. So the university can help make this service more reliable by making it possible for that route to terminate on the campus. That has been the key barrier to getting continuous east-west service across Santa Cruz from the campus to the east side of Santa Cruz is not having a place to take a break on the campus. Phase two, which we'll get to in the next part of the agenda, does assume that a much more substantial terminus has developed on the campus, and, and that's where you see a significant increase in east-west service across the campus, uh, across the city, and that is tied very directly to having a larger terminus. Okay. What... Yeah, sorry not to dig too deep uh, and go down a rabbit hole, uh, but what about a continuous loop from Capitola to campus, back to Capitola, makes, what, what variable is making it less reliable there versus ha being able to stop? And it, right. what's the, So what's as the bus there? is going down the road, it's stuff happens, mm -hmm. that, and stuff happens that make it get late. So the reliability of a bus is directly related to how long it has been going since it last had a break. Because at its last break is where it had an opportunity to catch up to its schedule if it was late. So your reliability is directly proportional to how far the bus has been going since it last had a break. That's why we think it's important, that's why it's critical to get a terminus facility on the campus if you're going to be able to run service continuously across. 18 and 19 work now because they're short. The bus only lays over downtown. It does not have a break on the campus. It loops the, breaks, the campus continually. But because of that, by the time it gets downtown, it really, again, it really needs a break. It can't go further. Or it would just be too unreliable. So that's the principle. 
You think about how far has, how long has the bus been running since it last had a break, and that's what's going to drive your reliability. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Chair. Um, couple questions. The first is, and you, since you've got this slide up on the screen, I mean, you mentioned that the 3A and B are rooted the way they are because we're assuming, or we know that the Murray Street Bridge seismic upgrade project is on the horizon and we're not going to be able to go over the Murray Street Bridge. If we vote for this phase one today, is there a built-in assumption that once that project is complete, that 3B, or sorry, 3A then starts routing over that bridge? Yes, I think the long-term assumption would be that 3A, which you see, if you describe it from the east, it's coming along Portola into Cliff, goes down into Twin Lakes, and we see it going north on 7th. I think you'd assume that once you have the bridge, it would turn west on Murray, north on Seabright, and west on Broadway. That, that would be the two-way path, so that you'd have the service back at, at Seabright and Murray. Um, but what we're showing here is what we anticipate to be the detour in effect for several years as that project happens. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, you know, I've looked at this map a lot, and you know, ultimately, I do think this is probably the best solution. Um, I mean, as much as I like the simplicity of the greater frequency with the three just having one spot, we need a way for people to basically get between uh, lines two and three, and you know, get to key destinations like Simpkins Swim Center and um, get up and down Seabright. So I think this ultimately is a pretty elegant solution. 